Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Path Loans Purchase by Lucy Maud Montgomery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Willie. I guess the molasses is getting low, ain't it? said Path Loan insinuatingly. Suppose I'd better drive up to Carmody this afternoon to get some more. There's a good half gallon of molasses in the jug yet, said Ma Sloane ruthlessly. That's so? Well, I noticed the kerosene demijohn wasn't very hefty the last time I filled the can. Reckon it needs replenishing. We have kerosene enough to do for a fortnight yet, Ma continued to eat her dinner with an impassive face, but a twinkle made itself apparent in her eye lest Pa should see it and feel encouraged thereby she looked immovably at her plate past lone side his invention was giving out didn't i hear you say day before yesterday that you were out of nutmegs he queried after a few minutes severe reflection i got a supply of them from the egg peddler yesterday responded ma by great effort preventing the twinkle from spreading over her entire face i wonder if this third failure would squelch pa but pa was not to be squelched well anyway he said brightening up under the influence of a sudden saving inspiration i'll have to go and get the, up and get the soil mare shod so if you got any little errands you want done at the store ma just make a memo of them while i hitch up the matter of shoeing the soil mare was beyond ma's province although she had her own suspicions about the soil mare's need for shoes why can't you give up beating about the bush, Pa, she demanded with consumptuous pity. You might as well own up to what's taking you to Carmody. I can see through your design. You want to get away to the Garland auction. That's what is troubling you, Pa Sloan. I don't know, but what I might step over seeing it's so handy. But the soil mare really does need chewing, Ma protested pa there's always something needing to be done if it's convenient retorted ma your mania for auctions will be the ruin of you yet pa a man of fifty-five ought to have grown out of such hankering but the older you get the worse you get anyway if i wanted to go to auctions i'd select them as something like and not waste my time on little one horse affairs like this of garlands one might pick up something real cheap at garlands said pa defensively well you're not going to pick up anything cheap or otherwise pa sloan because i'm going with you to see that you don't i know i can't stop you from going i might as well 
try to stop the wind from blowing but i shall go to out of self-defense this house is so full now of old clutter and truck that you brought home from auctions that if i i feel as if i was made out of pieces and leftovers pa slow inside again it was not exhilarating to attend an auction with ma she would never let him bid on anything but he realized that ma's mind was made up beyond the power of a mortal man's persuasion to alter it so he went out to hitch up pa sloan's dissipation was going to auctions and buying things that nobody else would buy ma sloan's patient endeavors of over thirty years had been able to effect only a partial reform sometimes pa heroically afraid from going to an auction for six months at a time that he would break out worse than ever to go go to all that took place for miles around and come home with wagonfuls of misfit his last exploit had been to bid on an old dasher turned for five dollars the boys round things up on Pasloan for the fun of it and bring it home to outrage ma who had made her butter for fifteen years in the very latest most up-to-date barrel churn to add insult to injury this was the second dasher churn pa had bought an auction that felled it ma decreed that henceforth she would chap on pa when he went to auctions but this was the day of pa's good angel when he drove up to the door where ma was waiting a breathless hatless imp of ten flew into the yard and hurled himself between ma and the wagon step oh mrs sloane won't you come over to our house at once he gasped the baby's got colic and mamma's just wild and he's all black in the face mamma went feeling that the stars in their courses fought against a woman who was trying to do her duty to her husband but first she admonished pa i shall let you go alone but i charge you pa not to bid anything pop on anything do you hear pa heard and promised to heed with every intention of keeping his promise then he drove away joyfully on any other occasion ma would have been a welcome companion but she she certainly spoiled the flavor of an auction. When Pa arrived at the Carmody store, he saw that the little yard of the Garland Place below the hill was already full of people. The auction had evidently begun, so not to miss any more of it. Pa hurried down. The soil mare could wait for shoes until afterwards. Ma had been within bounds when she called the Garland auction of one horse affair it certainly was very paltry except especially when compared to the big donaldson auction of a month ago which pa still lived over in happy dreams horace garland and his wife had been poor when they died within six weeks of each other one of consumption and one of pneumonia they left nothing but debts and a little furniture the house had been a rented one the bidding on the various poor articles of a household year put up for sale was not brisk but had an element of resigned determination carmody people know that these things had to be sold to pay the debt and they could not be sold 
unless they were bought. Still, it was a very tame affair. A woman came out of the house carrying a baby of about 18 months in her arms and sat down on the bench beside the window. There's Marcy Blair with the garland baby, said Robert Lawson. Papa, I'd like to know what's to become of this poor young one. Ain't there any of the father or mother folks to take him? asked Pa. No horse had no relatives that anybody ever heard of. Mrs. Horse had a brother, but he went to Manitoba years ago, and nobody knows where he is now. Suppose I'll have to take the baby, and nobody seems anxious to. I've got eight myself, or I'd think about it. He's a fine little chap. Pa, with Ma's parting admonition ringing in his ears, did not bid on anything, although it will never be known how great was the heroic self restraint he put on himself until at just at the last when he did been on a collection of flower pots thinking that he might indulge himself to that small extent but josiah sloan had been commissioned by his wife to bring those flower pots home to her so pa lost them there that's all said the auctioneer wiping his face for the day was very warm for october there's nothing else unless we sell the baby a laugh went through the crowd the sale had been a dull affair and they were ready for some fun someone called put him up jacob the joke found favor and the call was repeated hilariously jacob blair took little teddy garland out of martha's arms and stood him up on the table by the door steadying the small chap with one big brown hand the baby had a mop of yellow curls and a pink and white face and big blue eyes. He laughed at the men before him and waved his hands in delight. Pa Sloan thought he had never seen such a pretty baby. Here's a baby for sale, shouted the auctioneer. A genuine article, pretty near as good as brand new. A real live baby, guaranteed. To walk and talk a little. Who bids? A dollar? Did I hear anyone mean enough? bid a dollar no sir babies don't come up as cheap as that especially the curly-headed brand the crowd laughed again and passed alone by way of keeping the joke cried four dollars everyone looked at him the impression flashed to the crowd that pa was earnest and meant this to signify his intention of giving the baby at home he was well to do and his only son was grown up and married six cried john clark from the other side of the yard john clark lived in white sands and he and his wife were childless the bit of john clark normally being a little extra might be a bit much but not when it comes to health care that's why united Healthcare's health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com was Pa's undoing. Pa alone could not have an enemy, but a rival he had, and that rival was John Clark. Everywhere at auctions, John Clark was wont to bid against Pa. At the last auction, he ha- had outbid Pa in everything, not having the fear of his wife before his eyes. Pa's fighting blood was up in a moment. He forgot Ma Sloane, and soon he forgot what he was bidding for he forgot everything except the de- determination that john clark should not be a victor again 
Ten, he called Shirley. Fifteen, Shirley Clark. Twenty, vociferated Pa. Twenty-five, bellowed Clark. Thirty, shrieked Pa. He nearly bust a blood vessel in his shrieking, but he had one Clark turned off with a laugh and shrug, and the baby was knocked down to Pa Sloan by the auctioneer, who meanwhile had been keeping the crowd in roars of laughter, a quick fire of witticisms. There had not been such fun in an auction in Carmody for many a long day. Pa Sloan came or was pushed forward. The baby <laughs> was put into the arms. He realized that he was expected to keep it, and he was too dazed to refuse. Besides, his heart went out to the child. The auctioneer looked doubtfully at the money, which Pa laid mutely down. I suppose that part was only a joke, he said. Not a bit of it, said Robert Lawson. All the money won't be too much to pay the debts. There's a doctor's bill that this will just about pay it. Pa Sloan drove home with soil, mare still unshoed, the baby and the baby's manger bundle of clothes. The baby did not trouble him much. It had become well used to strangers in the past two months and promptly fell asleep in his arms. But Pa Sloan did not enjoy that drive. At the end of it, he mentally saw Ma Sloan. Ma was there waiting for him on the back doorstep as he drove into the yard at sunset. Her face, when she saw the baby, expressed the last degree of amazement. Pa Sloan, she demanded, who is that young one and where did you get it? I, I bought it at the auction, Ma, said Pa feebly. Then he waited for the explosion. None came. This last exploit of Pa's was too much for Ma. With a gasp, she snatched the baby from Pa's arms and ordered him to go out and put the mare in. When Pa returned to the kitchen, Ma had set the baby on the sofa, fenced him around with chairs so that he couldn't fall off and give him a molasses cookie. Now, Pa Sloan, you can explain, she said. Pa explained. Ma listened and grinned silent until he had finished. Then she said sternly, Do you reckon we're going to keep this baby? I, I don't know, said Pa, and he didn't. Well, we're not. I brought up one boy, and that's enough. I did, don't calculate to be pestered with any more. I never was much struck on children as children, anyhow. You say that Mary Garland had a brother out in Manitoba? Well, we shall... Just write to him and tell him that he's got to look out for his nephew. But how can you do that, Ma, when nobody knows his address, objected Pa, with a wistful look at that delicious laughing baby. I'll find out his address if I have to go to advertise in the papers for him, retorted Ma. As for you, Pa Sloan, you're not fit to be out of a lunatic asylum. The next auction you'll be buying a wife, I suppose. Pa, quite crushed by Ma's sarcasm, pulled his chair into supper. Ma picked up the baby and sat down at the head of the table. Little Teddy laughed and pinched her face. Ma's face. Ma looked very grim, but she fed him his supper as skillfully as if it had not been thirty years since she had done such a thing. But then, the woman who once learns the mother knack never forgets it. After tea, 
Ma dispatched Pa over to William Alexander's to borrow a high chair. When Pa returned in the twilight, the baby was fenced in on the sofa again, and Ma was stepping briskly about the garret. She was bringing down the little cot bed her own boy had once occupied and setting it up in their room for Teddy. Then she undressed the baby and rocked him to sleep, crooning on an, an old lullaby over him. Pa Sloan sat quietly and listened, with very sweet memories of the long ago when he and Ma had been young and proud, and the rewhiskered William Alexander had been a curly-headed little fellow like this one. Ma was not driven to advertising for Mrs. Garland's brother. The personage saw the notice of his sister's death in a home paper and wrote to Carmody's postmaster for full information. The letter was referred to Ma and Ma answered it. She wrote that they had taken in the baby pending further arrangements, but had no intention of keeping it, and she calmly demanded that of its uncle what was to be done with it. Then she sealed and addressed the letter with an unfaltering hand, but when it was done she looked across the table at Pa Sloan, who was sitting in the armchair with the baby on his knee. They were having a royal time together. Pa had always been dreadfully foolish about babies. He looked ten years younger. Ma's keen eyes softened a little as she watched them. A prompt answer came to her letter. Teddy's uncle wrote that he had six children of his own, but was nevertheless willing to glad and glad to give his little nephew a home. But he could not come for him. Josiah Spencer of the White Sands was going out to Manitoba in the spring. If Mr. and Mrs. Sloan could only keep the baby till then, he could be sent in with the Spencers. Perhaps they would see the chance sooner. There'll be no chance sooner, said Pa Sloan in a tone of satisfaction. No worse luck, retorted Ma crisply. The winter passed by. Little Teddy grew and throve, and Pa Sloan worshipped him. Ma was very good to him, too, and Teddy was just as fond of her as of Pa. Nevertheless, as the spring drew near, Pa became depressed. Sometimes he sighed heavily, especially when he heard casual references to the Josiah Spencer immigration. One warm afternoon in early May, Josiah Spencer arrived. He found Ma knitting placidly in the kitchen. Well, Pa nodded over his newspaper, and the baby played with the cat on the floor. Good afternoon, Mrs. Sloan, said Josiah with a flourish. I just dropped in to see about this young man here. We are going to leave next Wednesday, so you'd better send him down to our place Monday or Tuesday so he can get used to us and... Oh, Ma, began Pa, rising imploringly to his feet, much transfixed him with her eye. Sit down, Pa, she commanded. Unhappily, Pa sat. Then Ma glared at the smiling Josiah, who instantly felt as guilty as if he had been caught stealing sheep red-handed. We are much obliged to you, Mr. Spencer, said Ma icily, but this baby is ours. We bought him and we paid for him. A bargain is a bargain. When I pay cash down for babies, I propose to get my money's worth. We are going to keep this baby in spite of any number of uncles in Manitoba. Sufficiently clear to your understanding, Mr. Spencer. 
certainly, certainly stammered the unfortunate man, feeling guiltier than ever. But I thought you didn't want him. I thought you'd written to his uncle. I thought I really wouldn't think quite so much if I were you, said Mark kindly. It must be hard on you. Won't you stay here and have tea with us? But no, Josiah would not stay. He was thankful to make his escape with such waves of self-respect as remained to him. Pasalona rose and came to Mark's chair. He laid a trembling hand on his shoulder. My, you're a good woman, he said softly. Go along, Pa, said Ma. End of Pa Sloan's Purchase by Lucy Maud Montgomery